your Bibles, you could turn there, but if you they're going to put it on the screen. Psalms 119.33, and here's my text. It's just a one verse, one verse. But this is my prayer. It was David's prayer, and I want that to be our prayer this morning. This is what he said. God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. Come on, look at somebody and say, God, teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. See, I want to be like Miss Sonia. Miss Sonia has came to the Lord at early age, and she's still busy for God, still doing great things for God. Come on, let's thank God for Miss Sonia today. Come on, let's thank God for that. Amen. And so I, wanna, I want you to pray with me this morning as I share Lessons I've learned. It could be titled, How to Stay the Course. I want to I talk to you from my heart. Father, we thank you that, Lord, you're the God. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, God, I thank you that you're God, that you changed not. The same God who kept me is the same God who will still keep me. The same God who moved mountains. It's the same God who will move mountains in the future. God, I thank you that you're a God who make a way where there's no way. Thank you, Lord, for every miracle, for every life that's been changed, for every door that's been opened. Lord, for every time you've made a way, God. Lord, I'm just grateful today. And God, I'm so grateful that, Lord, in the midst of a changing world, I thank you that you, you're the God who changed not. I thank you that, God, you're the rock that we can stand on. And then when all is shaking, I thank you that on Christ, the solid rock, we can stand because all other ground is sinking sand. And so, Lord, today, just for the next few minutes, I share my heart. Speak to us. Touch every heart. Encourage those that may be discouraged today. Strengthen those who today may came in and weak. Lord, those who may be going through something right now. Let them know that, Lord God, that you are the God who can keep them, sustain them, and bring them through. Father, if there's someone here today and they don't know you, I pray that today, that they will give their heart to you. And Father, we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen. I want to talk to you. I, I, I could have wrote... You know, I, I was looking at one part. He wrote in his 17-year ministry, he wrote 17 lessons he learned. <laughs> After 24, if I tried to teach you 24 lessons, you'll all be <laughs> gone by then <laughs> before I finish. So it's all right if I share four. <laughs> four lessons I've learned on how to stay the course. And uh, I, I want to talk to you. The first one is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, I'm reading, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, say, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Look at somebody say, run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Here's one of the first lessons I've learned in the Christian life is this. I know that we're saved by grace through faith and not by works. I know that it's not anything we do, but I want you to know if you're going to stay the course, it's going to require discipline. Say discipline. That's not always a popular word today, but I want you to know that one of the things I've found that is common in so many Christians' lives, I remember uh, years ago, about 20 years ago, I was called to visit a leader in the body of Christ who had made shipwreck of his life. And uh, we met with his wife, 
I mean, I looked up to this man. He was a powerful man of God, preached many times in this church and was used of God. But how many know it's not how you start? Look at somebody and say, it's not how you start, but it's how you finish. And for 20 years, he was probably one of the most, I mean, just powerful. Uh, many people in this church were blessed through his ministry to sit down and meet with his wife because he had left his wife for another woman. And uh, we kind of want to know what happened. What would happen in his life? And his wife slowly began to tell the story, say, you know, for 20 years I saw my husband every morning rise early, pray, get it, read his Bible, worship God every morning. But, you know, for the last six months something happened, and I noticed he was no longer getting up early to pray. And I noticed he wasn't spending time like he used to spend time. He said, I noticed that he no longer began to worship God like he used to. That's a word for some people because that's people in here. That's right where you are. And she said he slowly began to neglect and lose the discipline he had. Next thing you know, he made shipwreck of his life. Paul said it this way in Philippians 2, 12, verse 13. He said, therefore, my dear friends, have you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence? He said, continue to work out your salvation. Say, work out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. I want you to know, you got to work out what God has worked in. Can I have an amen? Look at somebody and say, you got to work out. And if you and I are going to finish, if we're going to stay the course, you're going to have to commit to a life of discipline. You know, I, I, I was recently on vacation in Dominican Republic, and uh, we were there from Saturday through Wednesday. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm just this way. You know, something about a discipline, because I've been going to getting up on a Sunday morning to go to the house of God and worship. It's hard for me to, to slit, stay in a bed. And not go to the house of God. I'm just being honest. It's a discipline of mine. And so we got up and uh, I called and I, 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 I didn't know if I'd be able to find a church and find a rock. But at the last minute somebody said, well, I know a church and I, they'll provide an interpreter for you. And, uh, and so I went there and, and uh, it was a little long and my wife was getting a little tired. But I mean, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just in me. I got to be in the house of the Lord. I can't understand how, how folks, you know, what they go one Sunday and they miss the next two Sundays. And they go, I want you to know, you won't finish strong unless you make it a priority to say, God, there's some things I'm going to discipline myself to do. I'm going to be like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And I want you to know that Paul said the reason why Many finished, why he was able to finish strong is because he said, I disciplined my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. How many of you got to train your body to pray? See, some of you, you let your feelings dictate. And so if you feel in, in the, in the mud, you know, the mullet grubs, or you feeling down, you won't worship. You feeling, you feeling someone, you won't read your Bible. You favorite, so blessed, God, so you. But I want you to know, you got to speak to your body. You got to say like David, so bless the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Say all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That means when I feel like it or when I don't, I'm going to still bless him because he's still worthy. And one of the things I've learned, because this generation, you know, is so given to how they feel. And how, how they feel. And, you know, it's a generation that, you know what, they, uh, uh, you, you, you know, if, if they don't feel like doing it, they don't do it. But if they feel like, I want you to know, you won't do much for God if you live by your feelings. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. I want you to know if you're going to live for God, if you're going to stay the course, you're going to have to learn, to, like, like, like Paul say, I discipline my body to make it do what it, what it don't want to do sometimes. 
That's why, you know, when you discipline yourself, I had to get up on church on Sunday. It's just part of who I am. And if you will learn how to discipline yourself, I want you to know you will stay the course. Because your flesh don't, want, don't always want to pray. I'm going to say this to all of you. Christianity is not for the lazy. It's not. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 6, he's writing to believers and encouraging them the importance to, to stay the course. The Corinthian, uh, I mean, sorry, the Hebrew Christians, many believe Paul wrote it, but whoever wrote it, uh, they, were, they were discouraged. They had gone through a lot. They were experiencing persecution. Some of them, uh, uh, because of their faith in God, they were being uh, persecuted. They were losing their job. They were losing their homes and so forth. And they were getting discouraged and tempted to turn back. And the book of Hebrews is written to those who are, who are discouraged, who feel like turning back. And he says in Hebrews 6, 11, listen what he says. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. Listen, we don't want you to become lazy. Look at somebody and say, don't become lazy. I felt the anointing on that just right now. Come on, say, we don't want to become lazy. Listen, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what is promised. Listen, the opposite of diligent is to become spiritually dull and indifferent. That's why we got to, we have to make it a point. Every, every, there's time to reflect. We need to see, am I farther in God than I was when I started the year? You know, a lot of people make resolutions at the beginning of the year, but, but by the time it's life, if you forgot them. But I want you to know in the believer's life, if you're going to stay the course, David said, Lord, teach me lessons so I might stay the course. If you're going to finish the course, one of the lessons I've learned is that the believer's life is a call to discipline. We got to work out. Though salvation is free, though we're not saved by works, I want you to know if you're going to stay the course, you got to work out your salvation. Can I have an amen? What disciplines you need to commit to afresh? Is it the discipline of reading the word? Is it the discipline of, of prayer? Is it the discipline of gathering together? The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some have. Listen to me. Is it the discipline of witnessing and, and sharing your faith? I want you to know, the Christian life, the word disciple comes from the word discipline. It means a disciplined follower. And I want you to know, the Christian who lives by his feelings, I want, I'm not saying you won't be saved. But I want you to know you'll rarely finish your course. Though Paul said, I preach, he said, I discipline my body so I won't be disqualified. The word disqualified, it literally means, listen to what it said. It says that, you know what, uh, a per, he's ineligible from receiving the reward. I, I've, I've served God too long to miss out on the reward, Mark. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know there's a reward waiting. I'm not quitting. Listen, that's why it's not how you start. Come on, it's how you finish. And I want you to know, you got to determine in your Christian life that, listen, I'm going for the goal. Don't, don't just, listen, don't just settle to, to just barely make it into heaven. I want to be able to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I didn't serve God for 40 years for nothing. So if you have neglected your disciplines uh, uh, of working out, I want you to know today, pick it back up again. Secondly, Hebrews 13, 7, I, I, I want to, lessons I've learned how to stay the course. Hebrews, um, of their remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You must follow the faith. In other words, listen, purpose to live or follow the faith of those who've, who've left an example. One of my mentors, y'all heard me say many times, is Pastor Savelle Phillips. He's in heaven. He's a part of that great cloud of witnesses that's looking down. He's cheering me on. He, he, I'm going to share. I, I learned more from him uh, probably than probably any person, especially in staying the course. He lived, he was married for 61 years to the same woman. Come on, somebody say amen. 
preached for 62 years, finished well. I'm talking about lived pastor for many years, never had, was involved in any scandal. And, uh, and you know, he was often asked, you know, why? But, you know, we can imitate people like that. We can follow their faith. We can, we can look at their lives. You know, I'm not impressed by how people start. After being in the Lord 40 years, after pastoring 24 years, I've seen a whole lot of people start. I've seen a whole lot of people who somewhere along the line, they abandoned, they lost sight, of, uh, uh, they stopped pressing, they stopped stretching their faith. The Bible tells us that we to imitate those who by faith and patience inherit the promise. You know, listen to me, I want you to know that one of the greatest dangers to you is the older you get is to get comfortable. The longer you've been in the Lord, the more easy it is to just start, you know, well, you can coast now. The only time you read retirement in the Bible is when they expire. And I ain't ready to expire. <laughs> I believe that there are seasons where we can transition from one area of employment to the next. But the Christian life is not a call to sit on the couch and watch TV. I got one amen. Thank you, brother Don. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And faith is ever pursuing. Faith is ever taking risks. Faith is ever stretching to do what God has called us to do. What are you stretching for right now? What do you believe in God for right now? What level, what area of faith are you stretching in right now? Because if you're not stretching, if you're not pressing in for something, I want you to know you're just, you just kind of just floating along. And I want you to know the Bible says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and he's a reward. You don't ever get comfortable who diligently seek him. I don't want to ever get comfortable. I want to still be taking risks. When Jesus comes, I want to I want to still be stretching and saying, God, what's the next mountain? I want to be like Caleb. Caleb was 80 years old. That helped you out, Mom. Caleb was 80. And listen what he said. He said, he said, I'm just as strong as I was when I was young. He said, listen, I, he said, now give me that mountain. Many of you know that Caleb was Caleb and Joshua of all the people that God promise he said he was going to bring them in the promised land but two of them believed the rest of the about a million people doubted that's why God ain't always in the majority you better hook up with some people who got some faith somebody say amen listen to me I want you to know listen if God say you can do it I don't care if everybody say you can't you got to go with God can I have an amen and God told Joshua and Caleb, listen, God brought them into the promised land. They spied out the land. And, 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 and ten of the spies said, we can't do it. The giants are so big. The land, the land devoured its inheritance. But Joshua, Caleb stood up and said, but we are well able. The God who brought us out of Egypt is the God who can take us in. Now listen what happened. People's doubt will affect you because they doubted. And because they didn't believe, the Bible said God allowed that whole generation to die off. I want you to know, faith or doubt will cause you to do without. You might want to write that down. Say doubt and do without. Doubt will cause you to live in the wilderness and not in the promised land. And because they doubted God, they missed out on what God had for them. I want you to know, don't be a doubter, be a believer. I say doubt and do it out, but believe and you will receive. And I want you to know, Caleb chose to be a believer. He said, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And listen what happened. Because he believed God, the Bible says when all of them was dead, Caleb was still alive. And Caleb looked and said, listen, now listen, God gave me a promise 40 years ago that he was going to give me that mountain. He said, I, 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 he said I, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm 80, but I say I'm still as strong. He said, let me go take that mountain. And I'm going to, at 80 years old, he was still winning victories for God. How many want to be winning victories at 80? Come on, let's say. Listen, tell me. But that's what faith will do. If you live, if you're living for the comfort zone, if you're living to, to just be, just, just stay, you know, just, just keep it uh, normal. Don't, don't stretch out. It don't take all that. I want you to, you'll never experience 
and you'll never finish, stay on the course. You'll never finish what God wants for you. You know, Jesus rebuked, he buried his talent. The guy who was given one talent because he was afraid and he buried his talent. One of the things that, that, that so bothers me, how many people in the church today got so many talents and abilities, but how many take their talents to the grave, never really using them for the purpose of God? I want you to know the richest place in all the world is not the gold mine of, 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 of uh, South Africa or the oil fields or the Middle East. Sometimes the richest place is the, is the graveyard because people often take their talents to the grave rather than you. Look at somebody and say, I'm not taking my talent to the grave. Listen to what Jesus said. You remember he gave, the Bible said he gave some five. He gave some two, and he said he gave one, one. The one who had five talents, he took his talents, and he used them, and he made five more. In other words, he said, God, you blessed me with a talent. I'm going to use it, and God, I'm going to make more. The one that had two talents, he took his talents, and he used what God gave him, and he made two more. But the one who had one talent, listen to me. This is what he said. Uh, I'm going to read it for you, and then I'm going to read out the Message Bible. Matthew 24, 25, verses 24 through 29. Then the man who had received one talent came. He said, Master, he said, I knew you a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid my talent in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you. I tell you, that's a tragedy. The Bible says the master, I, I want to read uh, the message Bible. Listen to what it says in verse 26 in the message Bible. The master was furious. He said, that is a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done have been invest the sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. He said, take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Don't play it safe. Be willing to take a risk. You want to know the people who stay the course, the people who accomplish things for God. When you read the Hall of Fame of Faith, you read the, about people who, listen, even at the end of their lives, they were still pressing. They were still believing. They were still acting in faith. I want you to know that it's faith we can use. I want God will jump over a million people to find one man or woman of faith who he can use. I want you, you need to determine, God, I'll be that person. I don't care if nobody else believes. I'll believe. Can I have an amen? How many believers I have in the house? And if you're going to stay the course, then you're going to have to determine to follow those who by faith and patience. I don't want to ever get so comfortable that if God said, Neil, I want you to leave it all, I got a new adventure for you. I want to be like Abraham. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:8, by faith when Abraham was called to go to a place where later he would receive an inheritance, he obeyed, went, even though he didn't know where he was going. Come on, God, that's the kind of life I want. God, I don't have to know all the answers, but God, if you say go, I'll go. God, if you say leave it all, I'll leave it all. God, I just want to experience the life that you have. I want you to know the last 24 years has been the most amazing years. I mean, it's just been awesome. It's just been amazing what God has done. Ann and I, sometimes we look at ourselves and we pinch ourselves at what God has done. But you know, he's not finished. I've seen him move. He's moved the mountains. Come on. I believe. Come on. He'll do it again. I'm, listen, I'm believing God for some. Listen, I know that there's some more mountains that still need to be moved. How many of you believe in God for some more mountains to be moved? Third lesson. Third lesson. Number three, if you and I, this is important. If you and I are going to stay the course, we must develop perseverance. Hebrews 10, 36, you need perseverance so after you've done the will of God, you might receive what is promised. Christianity is not a 100-yard dash. 
It's a marathon. It requires endurance. It requires perseverance. Let me just tell you, there's a reward only for those who complete the race. God has a race for every one of you. Hebrews 12, 1 says, this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily tangles, and let us run with perseverance. Say perseverance. The race that is marked out for us. I'm going to just tell you, listen, I'm, I'm just sharing my heart this morning. I'm telling you a story. I believe with all my heart, in 1995, when God called me to preach, I'm convinced there was a whole lot more people, a whole lot more talented, a whole lot more gifted, who would have did a, a much better job. But when God looked around to see who was still standing in the race, he said, that's that boy from reserve. He's still going. <laughs> I'll need somebody, but he's still there. He gets the job. I want you to know, perseverance will get the job. And you got to determine that you're going to persevere in this thing. Let me just tell you, you, you you've heard that in Ecclesiastes 9, says, I've seen this under the sun. The race is not given to the swift or the battle to the strong. How many have discovered that to be so? I've seen a whole lot more talented, more gifted, faster, quicker. I've seen people get out of the blocks. I mean, going 100 miles an hour. But they don't, they're not even in the race today. I started writing down as I was reflecting. I started writing down all the ministers and people that I've known in the last 24 years. Some who had met, met mighty, mighty, mega ministries. And you don't even know their name no more. They don't even, they're not even on the radar. Because it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And perseverance requires that you pace yourself. Perseverance, you know, you, you, know you, you, got to let, you got to throw off some things if you're going to persevere. You know, I, I'm just letting you know, listen, it, it, it is, there, there is a reward that God wants to bless you with. There is a reward at the end of the race. But I want you to know, it's only given to those who finish the race. And if you're going to finish the race, there are some things you got to strip off. The, one of the things that will prevent you from persevering is sometimes we carrying too many weights. Weights are not always bad things. Sometimes they're good things. But I want you to know it will get in the way of, of, of your relationship with God. I want you to know sometimes people are so busy in so many other things, they don't have time for God. If you got so many hobbies that you ain't got time to pray, you need to give up some of them hobbies. I don't want anything to stop me in the race. You know, Paul here is painting the picture in the, in the he's writing to us as culture that was very familiar. And, uh, and so when a runner ran, uh, they, they, you know, they ran, basically they ran naked. They took all, everything off because they didn't want anything to be, in, to encumber them. And so they stripped down. Uh, to, so that so that nothing would hinder them. The, the analogy is this. There are things that can weigh us down that can keep us from finishing our race. And I want you to know along the way in 24 years, I've seen that, listen, that sometimes the reason why some people don't persevere is sometimes they begin to get distracted, sometimes by good things. One of, one of one, few of you will know the name Eric Heisen. You remember him? Yurik. Great man of God. I met him probably maybe 35 years ago. Powerful. Use of God mightily. And uh, something happened. He came off the mission field for a while and he got settled down in his comfortable living. Began to get so preoccupied with life. And acquiring things, he got weighed down. And the pressure, the pressure of all the things would happen. He had, he had so much stuff. And when the economy started having problems, the pressure of all of it caused him to have a heart attack. And he died. Great man of God. 
died way down because he had so much stuff. Isn't that a sad way to, to end your life? I don't want stuff to weigh me down. It, that's why some of you could be worried. Worried. Listen to me. The Bible tells you can get so weighed down by worries and stuff like that. that there's nothing that, that's, that, that, that you need to allow worry to rob you of getting you out of the race. I want you to know you got to, your children, you got to give them to Jesus. Your family, you got to give them to Jesus. You got to, let me just say, everything in your life. I'm not letting my wife, I'm not letting my children, I'm not letting anything keep, to keep me from Staying in the race. You got to give it to Jesus. Can I have an amen? And if you and I are going to persevere, there, there are some good things that you sometimes got to lay aside. Now, I'm not saying lay aside your wife. D don't get me wrong on that. Somebody just said, well, the pastor said, you got to lay aside. <laughs> the devil is a liar. That, <laughs> but I want you to know, there are some good things that we can sometimes get preoccupied that can weigh us down and that can cause us to, to become encumbered, to carry so much weight that we can't obey God. I don't want to allow anything to get in the way of me obeying God. And so sometimes I often ask the Lord, God, is there any hobby, is there any relationship, is there anything in my life that is, that is weighing me down, that is hindering me from doing what you've called me to do? Because we can allow weights to hinder us. And if you're going to stay the course, you need perseverance. Listen what Galatians 6, 9 says. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time. I like the King James said due season. For in due season you will reap if you do not give up. Isn't that right, Kim? Look at somebody. Someone say it. Say, don't give up. Don't give in. And don't give out. I want you to know the devil wants to wear you out. The devil wants you to get weary. The devil wants you to quit. Let me just tell you, my wife and I have had many reasons to get weary and to give up. But I've been with you too long, baby, to give up. Come on, somebody say amen. I ain't going nowhere. After 36 years, I got too much invested. If she leave, I'm leaving too. Oh, yes, indeed. My goodness. But I've seen people throw it away. They throw away all the investment. I want you to know, you got to determine, listen, listen, they miss their due season. There is a, listen, there is a due season in everybody's life. I want you to know, your season is coming. Look at somebody says, your season is coming. But I want you to know, here's the key. If you're going to have a due season, you can't give up. It requires enduring. So many people get discouraged. The devil's goal is to discourage you. The devil's goal is to get you to doubt. Well, God ain't, God forgot you. God ain't fair. Oh, listen, everybody else getting married, but you're not married. Everybody else getting a breakthrough financially, but you're not getting one. Everybody, oh, let me just tell you, I, I, I want you to know, if you won't give up, God has a due season for you. If you will stay in the race, it's coming. You know, that, that's, that's the privilege of living 40 years for Jesus is you get a chance to see it. You get a chance to experience some due seasons. I, I, I'm I've been in this thing long enough to tell you there's a due season, y'all. I'm telling you God is a good God. I'm telling you that, listen, he, listen, it pays to live for Jesus. I'm telling you, it's worth it to honor God. Oh, I'm telling you, if you'll live God, I want you to know, you might not come, it may not come when you want it, but I want you to know, God is always on time. And I'm telling you, listen to me, that I've seen, listen, that's why I'm, I, I, I'm like a bulldog. I, I, I bite down, I'm holding on, I'm not letting it go. God, I'm, I, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. God, I'm holding on. I, I don't care what, it, what comes or what comes. I'm going to hold on until God bless me. And if you will hold on, if you will stand in there, I believe that one of the reasons why God is blessed is we just refuse to quit. We refuse to give up. Come on. There is a blessing that comes with endurance. I witnessed a whole lot of people, too many people, who started out but didn't quit. Hear me, young people. If you're going to stay the course, you got to have some stickability. Say stickability. You're not going to find it in the Webster. 
but you need some of this. It, it, you need, the, 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 you know, this generation. You know, I run into people, you know. Well, I was on the young man. He said, well, yeah, uh, we were married, but, but, but we, we not married. I said, well, how long y'all stay married? Six months? <laughs> two years? I said, two years. I said, take you at least five just to get to know one another. And Mark, Mark said, take more. <laughs> you said more. Listen to me. I'm telling you, it, it doesn't get good until about the 10th year. <laughs> my wife wants to say something. Come on up here. Give my wife a line. <laughs> oh, we, we need that extra. Here, here. I, 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 Neil asked me before if I wanted to share something, but I'm just going to amen on what he's saying, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, I'm just reminded of a story as he talks about endurance, you know, and persevering, and just, just staying the course. I, I like the title even of this message, just staying the course. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we can't see the finish line. And we're pressing in, and we're praying, and we're believing for something, and we see everything but that. And sometimes fear steps in. Sometimes situations happen. And I'm just reminded, we were, um, uh, the family, oftentimes what we did for vacation, because we didn't have enough money, when Neil had to go somewhere for Shell, that was our vacation. So this was one of those situations that he had to go to a class for Shell, and all of the family came. And so afterwards, we said, hey, let's go to SeaWorld. And so we really played our cards right. We ate breakfast for free at the hotel, and we ate... We had McDonald's for lunch, and Neil, Neil ate, ate lunch with Shell, but the kids and I ate McDonald's, and they knew, you, you can ask my kids, they know this, hey, this is how we roll. You, we get four, hand, we get, you know, each of you get a hamburger, you share two fries, and you have water. That's how it works. You, we saving money. Then at night, we eat, you know, we eat something nice, and even then, you share a meal. So we were ready for SeaWorld, so we thought. And we get there, and it costs a whole lot more than what we uh, expected. And, and I'm not even sure if we had it, if we had a credit card or not. I don't know, because we went through years where we didn't have credit cards, which was good, because once we got one, it, it just messed us up more. But um, so we stood in line at SeaWorld, and we saw those shocking prices. And it's like, we had a decision. What are we going to do? Because we don't have, a, we don't have the money. What are, we, what are you going to do when you're right there, you're so close, you don't have the qualifications, you don't have the help that you need, you don't have someone pushing you forward. How are you going to reach your goal? You're trying, you see it, you want it, but you don't have what it takes. And we just stood the course. We just stayed there. We just, Neil said, well, we, we, we're this close now, let's stay in line. It's like, man, somebody right in front of us, turned around, I guess they had too many coupons, and offered us some coupons, and I can't remember the total deal. It could have been buy one, get the other one free, or one half price, but whatever it was, somebody came to our aid, Jesus placed it on the heart of somebody to see us through the finish line, to get the goal, and I believe that. Don't don't be moved by what's going on. Jesus is right there waiting to usher you in. He's got somebody in place. He's got the Holy Spirit there. Somebody knows your name. Somebody's right there waiting to say, come on in. Come on, let's reach come this on. goal. Come on and buy this house. Come on. come on, let's do what God has called you to do. Come on and get this spouse. He's there waiting for you to write one. Amen. 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 Come on. Oh, come on, give God some praise. And I want you to know he's a faithful God. I tell you, it's good to be in your season. I just, and I want you to know, God is saying there's a due season. Some of you are on the verge of your greatest breakthrough, and you might be discouraged. Because I've learned that sometimes the greatest ap uh, adversity and the greatest opposition comes right before the greatest breakthrough. Right, you know, it was amazing. Right when God was about to do his greatest work was when, I, when all hell broke loose. But how I many of the devil is just trying to get you to quit the race? Look at somebody and say, I'm not going to give up. Say, I'm not going to give in, and I'm not going to give out. Come on, look at somebody say, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in, and I'm not going to give out. Because there's a due season if I don't give out.
I want you to know there's a due season in your life. And lastly, as I close, hear me. This is probably the most important. How do you stay, how do you stay the course? This is probably the most important. It takes endurance. It takes discipline. It takes faith. All those are important. But probably the most important one. Um, you know, every accident I've ever been in is because I took my eyes off the weed. Took my eyes off the road. My wife drives with me and... Uh, you know, she tell I can't sleep when you driving. <laughs> Some of y'all might have it. She said, because you need, I, you know, I like to see, you know, I, I have a panoramic vision. I like to watch everything. Neil, keep your eye on the road. <laughs> but, you know, the reason why many people don't finish their course, the reason why many people make shipwreck, and wreck their lives is because they take their eyes off of Jesus. I want you all to hear that. I didn't say they take their eyes off their path. The problem is, is listen, human beings are just a human being. They're going to fail you. I want you to know, I, I, I love, I want to be a good example to you. But at my best, y'all hear me, at my best, I'm going to miss the mark. I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to fail you. I'm just letting you know. Listen, to. I'm going to say something that you thought I shouldn't have said. I'm going to do something you thought I shouldn't have did. I'm just Because I'm human and I'm going to miss the mark. But I'm telling you about somebody who will never fail you, who will never disappoint you, who will never miss the mark. I want you to know it's Jesus. And the reason why a lot of people don't stay the course is they take their eyes off of Jesus. They put their eyes on people. They put their eyes on, on they put their eyes on other things. I'm telling you, listen, human beings, they're going to disappoint you. I want to read this as I close. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and the perfecter, the King James said, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want you to know, listen to me. Young people, if you just hear, I got born again when I was 18, a senior in high school. 40 years ago, hear me, I've seen a lot of people who disappoint you. I've disappointed a lot of people along the way. But I'm telling you, there's one who will never, ever, ever disappoint you. I'm telling you, there's someone who will never fail you. I'm telling you, someone who will never let you down. I'm telling you someone, when everybody else turn their back, he'll still be there with you. I'm telling somebody who will never leave you. He will, he's, he's the one constant. And for 40 years, I want you to know that, listen, he's never let me fall. He's always been around me. He's always kept me. People have let me down. People have disappointed me. But Jesus, come on, he will never let you down. He will never fail you. He will never disappoint you reason why I still have joy. I'm more excited about Jesus than I was 40 years after. I'm so excited about Jesus because, you know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, he is the one constant. I want you to know he will never disappoint you. Come on. He will always be there. And if you keep your eyes on him, I say, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, it's Jesus. Say Jesus. People and circumstances may disappoint you. So many people have been devastated because of what others have done. But I'm telling you, I'm just keeping my eyes on Jesus. He's the one who said, Neil, you can do this. You can live this life. You can finish this race. I'm with you. Listen, even at time when I couldn't carry myself, he carried me. Come on. I want you to know that's why, listen, when I felt I didn't have the energy to go on, the Bible, he's the one. He said, Neil, if you'll just wait before me, I'll renew your strength. I'll cause you to mount up with wings as eagles. 
and I'll cause you to run and not be with. Let me just say, I got the I got the the strength and the energy of a young man because of Jesus on the inside. He renews your strength. David said this way: By my God, I can run through a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. I want you. It's the God on the inside of me. How them young folks? He's the God in me. Come on, say he's the God in me. He's not just with you. He's in you. And he will sustain you. And I want y'all to know, listen to me, church. As I step in my 25th year of ministry, I have great anticipation. I have great expectation. I'm excited. Why? Because Jesus had changed. He still moved mountains. He still opened doors. He still make a way. Our world has changed. Things around us has changed. But God hadn't changed. He's still the miracle worker. He's still the healer. He's still the deliverer. Oh, that's why I can stand here flat-footed and tell you I have not only hope, but I'm more excited today because I want you to know the God we serve, who He, let me say this, He who began a good work. He will complete it. He will finish it till the day of the Lord Jesus. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, don't panic. Come on, give him some praise. Keep yourself. He's your keeper. He's your sustainer. He's the one who's held you. Let me just say, sometimes you thought you did it, but it was God working in you. He's the one. And I want you to know, he's the one. He who started, he will finish it. I want to pray for you as I close. Oh, I, Lord, come on. Almighty God, we need you. How many of you know, how many of you, let me just say, I, I did, some of you, I just want to, I want to be, some of you, you may came here this morning, and you be honest, you say, Pat, I was discouraged, you know, and, and uh, I, I've been discouraged, there's been time, there's been time when I've been weary, there's been time when it's like, God, listen, Lord, the weight is heavy, and I realize that there may be some, you may be going through a fiery affliction right now. I don't know your situation. But I want to remind you today that the God who saved you, the God who started a good work, he's going to complete it. And I just want to do, on this, on this day as I remember, I just want to pray. If you can't hear today, maybe you're going through it right now and you just need prayer. Would you just come out of your seat? Just get out of your seat. You just need prayer. I want to pray. The Lord just told me to just pray. Some of you going through, I know what it's like to realize that, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. God, I don't know when you're going to do it. But God, I, 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 I'm not going to give up. I've been there. I've been there. And if you're here, listen, I know the weight can get heavy. Just come all over this place. Just come all over. The, and you're coming through here. You're coming. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. I want to just pray for you. Because I want you to know that some of you, your due season is right here. God wants you to know, this. listen, you don't serve God for nothing. There is a reward. There is a reward. I want you to know, if you don't hear nothing else, God sees you. Let me just say, all the stuff. Imagine, I was relieved. I was reading this in my devotion. Could you imagine Joseph in a pit wondering, God, where are you? He go from a pit to being enslaved and say, God, did I serve you for nothing? He go from being enslaved to going in a prison. I'm sure he wondered many times, God, did you forget me? But 13 years later, he was able to look back and say, what the devil meant for bad, God, you meant it for my good. 
I want you to know, if God is allowing you to go through something, it's only for your good. Every tragedy, every struggle, every disappointment that I went through, every hardship, I realized that God only worked it for my good. And I want you to know here today that, listen, if God bring you, bringing you to it, He's going to bring you through it. I'm going to say that if God brought you, if He allowed to, you to, if He brought you to it, He's going to bring you through. And I want y'all stretch your hand towards it. I just want to pray. I want you to know that God just wants me to speak perseverance, fortitude, stickability in your life. Father, I thank you. So you know your people. You know every need in their lives. You know every challenge that they're going through. But God, I thank you. Your word tells us that you who began a good work. That's right. The Torah God says the best is yet to come. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. He's not finished. God, I thank you for Carol. I thank you for her life. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for Janet. God, you know every need in her life, God. God, you know the challenges we face. But God, even before they came in our lives, you already provided a way. God, I thank you for Sheila. I thank you that she served the Lord a mighty long time. But God, is saying, but your best is yet ahead of you. God, I thank you that, Lord, I thank you that, God, you're going to turn every situation around. And God, those that may be feeling any sense of discouragement, God, let them know that they're going to look back and say, Lord, you've turned my morning into dancing. God, I thank you for Brunetta. I thank you, Lord, that you're, you're, you're not finished with her yet, but Lord, that you're faithful. You who started, you're going to finish it. God, I thank you for Waliska's life. God, I thank you, Lord God, that you're, you're, you're working in her both to will and to do. God, as she work it out, God, you're going to work it in. So, God, even now, I thank you, Lord, that you're doing a great work. God, I thank you for David's life, God. I thank you, Lord, for, for God, you're bringing him in. God, you're reminding him, Lord God, that it's not a sprint. 